We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast, and I'm jumping on a second The Timberwolves Won the Lottery podcast in four days because, Jack, this has been a, this has been a tough year for Wolves content. So I, I feel like that even if just briefly, like we have the, the collective consciousness, I guess, of the Timberwolves fans. And so, yeah, why not, why not do another pod? Ride the um, wave, baby. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, while I have some of your attention... Um, and if some people's first time listening, I think that will just happen uh, naturally with the draft and the lottery. Just want to kind of explain what we do here. Um, I'm Dane Moore. I've been on the Timberwolves beat for the past three seasons. Uh, maybe you've seen one of my tweets on a screenshot or something that your friend sent you. And this is my podcast. So <laughs> you'll get a good idea of, uh, of what we do here today. Again, that's Jack Borman is, is my guest today. Um, he writes for SB Nation at Canis Hoopins. Canis Hoopis. Dot com. Um, for those of you who have been around for a while, you've got a pretty good idea of what we do here. Um, I try and do the majority of these episodes with a writer from the, the Timberwolves writer-verse and just discuss what's going on in Wolves world. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more going on today, so Jack Borman is that Timberwolves writer. And yeah, Jack, I just, I just feel like, and the reason I wanted to have you on is... Is that I feel like the conversation, and correct me if I'm wrong here, over the past maybe what, 72, 96 hours, what's <laughs> 72, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it, the conversation has shifted away from who are the Timberwolves going to select and into what can they trade the number one pick for. Is, do you feel like that's fair? I think that's definitely fair. Um, and I think that maybe more Timberwolves fans will want to have the conversation of, okay, who can we trade for? Because they're probably. You know, 
it's probably a more fun conversation to have versus, you know, oh, I, I like Anthony Edwards because he does this, this, and this, or LaMelo Ball because he does this, this, and this. Um, and I think, too, that probably Timberwolves fans that have been around for a while and that are pretty engaged, um, you know, like myself, might almost trust this front office more to come up with a creative trade than they do with selecting the right player. Do you think that's fair? Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that's fair. And the reason why I don't think it's fair is because I look, I want to look at the context. I care a lot about context. And you look at the way this front office is built. It's completely built on a bunch of guys who have been crazy successful scouts in scouting all across the world. But wouldn't that imply then that they're good at scouting the draft? Which Th- that was exactly my okay, point. That, that I don't want to just punt ah. on them having one really bad draft pick, or at least so far, and just say, "Oh well, I, I only trust them to make these trades because they made this, you know, absolute, you know, brain buster of a trade <laughs> in, in February." Sure. Um, so yeah, I, but that I, I think that like that's the perception, that, right? Though, right. Where the the I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say the 2019 drafts returns are poor where you take Jarrett Culver at trade up to get Jarrett Culver um, at six and then Jalen Noel, what at like 42 or 44 or something like that. And we didn't really see anything from those guys in their rookie year. But I think if Gerson Rosas or somebody from the front office were sitting there, they go, how, how are you going to judge it all off of just one year? Yet the trade we've seen numerous trades by this front office and have had more positive returns earlier exactly. on than, than that, than that pick. Yeah. Um, and I think too, I think, I think part of it, at least for me, was just that Culver is so head scratching in hindsight. Yes. But I was really high on Culver last year. Um, granted most of my draft scouting in in quotes there was, was mostly just me kind of looking up strengths and weaknesses videos and, and, and didn't go as fully in depth as I, I have this year, which still isn't crazy in depth, but enough to have a pretty sound understanding of what most of the guys are bringing to the table anyways. Um, and in looking back, it's just like Cam Ruddish <laughs> does exactly what you're looking for for a guy in, in the way that Tim Roll is playing now. And in eighth, yeah, it was just two picks after. And he's still there. And I think not trusting what his best skills were then playing in a, in a very, in a situation that wasn't super conducive to him being successful with a lack of space and all that, like uh, a, a swing and miss of, of that proportion, um, might cause some Timberwolves fans to just say, Hey, okay, let's shift our conversation to the trade and, and Ben Simmons and Devin Booker, because those are the, or Bradley Beal. Cause those are the, those are the guys that kind of get people's, you know, head, yeah, to, sure. head to perk up. Naturally. And, yeah. And so, and I think that's kind of, <laughs> in a sense landed us where we are. And I think it's led more people coming to people like you and me saying, okay, how, how can this happen? And what are some guys? Right, that- I was thinking just for the podcast, I might just read my texts. from like the last <laughs> I mean, just the amount of like, what about this for Ben Simmons or, Oh, here's like an outside of the box one for Blake Griffin. I'm just, it's just like, <laughs> Whoa, overload. But I mean that I guess that is kind of what we're gonna do on on the pod today is is look at ways that um, that this team paths that they could take to trading the number one overall pick if Rosas and company decides to do that and I I think that is a fair conversation to have given what you were just kind of going through with uh, their behavior over over the past year I mean we have seen a clear willingness to trade and I I think like. More so than a willingness, I think it's it's something that Rosa's and Sasha Gupta and the, the everyone in that 
front office or just organization like embraces as part of their like ethos of like, yeah, this is how we do this. We are considering every option and we're not, you know, I, I think other, other front offices around the league are more cagey about even engaging the idea of a trade. And I mean, we talked to, talked to Rosa's before and after the, you know, the lottery. He was not shy. No, I wasn't shy at all about, about talking about it. And you know what? And good for them. And I think that's good for the fan base to know that, you know, it, I think it is. I think he's being honestly transparent in the fact that, like, yeah, we are going to trade this pick if we deem the return worth it. And I guess every GM would right. do that, but yeah. there, there just is, I they think, may not more publicly, of an They may not publicly say it. Yes. And I think what's important is that, too, and, and this might sound really dumb in the grand scheme of things, but I also think that, you know, from, from more of a fan's perspective, I guess, whereas you're more of on the inside, and I guess I'm obviously on the outside, it seems like Gers is like trying to be vague, but also transparent to stimulate interest in what's going on, mm. which I think is, is and, and maybe he's not, but I think his comments indirectly are because we've never really, or at least in the, with Tibbs, I mean, Tibbs was pretty close to the vest and, and how he answered things. For and, sure. and I think there's so many fans out there that are clamoring for some sort of hope. And, you know, probably that the Timberwolves now probably aren't going to play until what, February, mm-hmm. maybe March even. Um, We'll see. You know, these comments are, are yeah. pretty much all so many people have to go off of. Yeah, no, and it, it, it is. And I, I think it's interesting. And I guess my line of work when you're interviewing these people and, and then the kind of the process is of you interview them and then you go back, you listen to the audio, audio and you transcribe it. So you kind of get like begin to really understand like the way somebody right. talks and thinks and like to your the little the little messages that they are sending out. And I mean, I'm sure in the past year I've transcribed hours of Gerson Rosa's transcript over the mm-hmm. time and yep. and really b- before the lottery I'm going through and doing that with when him talking acknowledging you know the possibility of the trades and the way I read it like the the little nuggets in there to me um you know really did speak that they are very open-minded to to the idea of moving this and I think it, it just does make sense like it, it just it's something that makes sense for them to do I can't say like with a bullet 100 percent they can, should, or will trade the pick, but they they sit in a position, and it's kind of what like you know Will and I went through on on the last podcast, where you're like, this just make <laughs> it makes too much sense to trade it to not really consider it, and I think something Timberwolves fans can latch onto is I'm 100 percent sure that this Wolves front office is doing that and will do their due diligence of talking to the other 29 teams, gauging what their interest is in this number one pick because it would make sense that there's teams around the league who are more intrigued by the value of that pick thinking it might be lower. Yeah. than than what the wolves are at, you know, I, I just, I think when there's room for a discrepancy there of a difference in value, it makes sense to, to pursue a trade and the tricky part. And I think where maybe we can apply context is that trade probably doesn't just look like the number one pick and James Johnson, another cap filler Gordon. for, yeah. for, well, for anything for, yeah, for Devin right. Booker, for, for Ben Simmons, for anything Correct. like that, it is going to be. And again, this goes on the pattern of behavior for Rosa's and company. And from the conversations I've had with them is that their type of player movement is where they make a bunch of small moves that become something in the aggregate. Yep. That's what happened at the trade deadline. And I think if this number one overall pick, is moved that's what it's going to look like it's not going to be something where we have the answer on draft night yeah it's going to be 
what does the roster look like as we enter training camp? Right. And I, and, and I think too, that, that even beyond draft night too, if it's a less complex trade with, you know, one team or two, or, or two other teams, um, you could even see the Timberwolves drafting a player for another franchise and then seeing that trade be completed after the draft. It's a little, it's yeah. a little complex when you, when you get into it. I honestly don't but, know what to think about that. But, it, I mean, it could happen. It's, yeah. it's definitely something that, you know. And the th- only example we have of that is Andrew Wiggins yep. to the Timberwolves, who it, it, it had to wait. He played summer league for the Cavs and then was traded. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a pretty unique circumstance. Right, and, and, and I think, too, that this year, and maybe, maybe that's more unlikely this year because there's still a pretty good chance, I think, that free agency gets pushed back just because the Players Association and probably the league, too, for that matter, wants to have a better idea of what the financial projections for next year are going to be before these guys are you know, signing potentially career-altering deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and a guy like Malik Beasley, who, who's set to cash sure. in on, on you know, a, a very strong last 15, 20 games of the season. Um, so that'll just be interesting to monitor and something to to keep in mind going forward um, in that it's tough because with, with the number one overall pick, you, you don't really get into signing trades or extending trades. Um, because those will happen in the offseason, which will be a week following the draft. Correct. So there's just this weird sort of time bubble. So for me, what <clears throat> what that leads me to do is think about how this trade, this trade, if it does happen, it could look, I think, three different ways. And I, I sent you these these things before, but just help me help me explain this if I don't if I don't do a good job of articulating it. I think like option one is just the number one pick is your sweetener for a stub for a for a stud. So <laughs> yep. So you take you take X amount of salary, call it James Johnson, call it whatever on the Wolves that can match up salaries with player X, and you add the number one overall pick to make that a deal. That is basic, as cut and dry as you can. Take the value of the number one overall pick, turn it into a player. The other option, too, would be trading back. Trade the number one overall pick for um, another pick later in the lottery and future draft capital. So I I think a pretty obvious one people have pointed to there is like the New York Knicks, who might want LaMelo Ball up at number one overall. You grab eight, where the Knicks are drafting this year, plus you grab either their or Dallas's 2021 yeah, their 2021 pick. pick or they have Dallas's pick. So another first from Dallas. And now you're now you're as the Wolves, you're accumulating more assets that you can use in other trades. Which leads me to what I think is actually going to happen, which I I'm terming I don't really know why, but I'm calling it trade back and stack, which is is kind of putting those two ideas together and it's taking that New York option. You trade 1 for 8 and let's say it's New York's pick next season, their 2021 pick. Um, and then you select at eight. So call that Tevin Fassell, call that Isaac Okoro, whatever. And and then you go into the offseason with the intention of trading one or both of them. Yeah, yeah. and ask that asset that you just got from New York, in addition to, to James Johnson, to somebody, or it, it could be that New York asset, it could be one of the other first-round picks they already have. And now you are kind of you've broken up the value of the number one overall pick. You have Devin Vassell, you have Isaac Coral in your left hand, and then in your right hand you're working on another deal, which is your stack, which is you now you're, you're making another another move there. And and I think it's a sequence of those type of moves if people do want to have the Devin Booker conversation, which goes back to your aggregate. Yes, which goes back to the aggregate yeah. idea that 
yeah, now we started the stack and you made that, you made that, traded that New York pick plus James Johnson this offseason for Karis LeVert or for Aaron Gordon or whatever. One of those non-star guys. And, and you have that player and now we can go into the deadline and you have more players that can be stacked together to be turned next February or whenever next year's um, trade deadline is. And now you have a bigger package. I think that is the only way that they eventually get to a third star star like Devin Booker and is doing that. And both you and myself think that that is by probably by far the most likely scenario because they probably will want eventually to go get a third guy to try and pair with with Cat and D'Lo. And and we can take that from obviously everything that you know and in public statements and and just kind of knowing things, um, knowing things through conversations with different people in the organization, um, I, don't, I don't think they've been bashful about it. Um, no. no, I think that they're they're fine letting people know that that hey, this, these are our plans. This is what we want to do. Um, and and I I think pretty clearly that the trade back to stack is is the most likely scenario. Just because if you get a future asset and you get a player, um, you know who knows? Maybe that player is a stud, is a rookie. I mean, right. That's very possible. And you have a guy that's a stud on a rookie scale contract and, and who knows, maybe now you're talking about something you could really put in a deal to entice Phoenix. Right. Like maybe, maybe, you know, Will was talking about this last week. Maybe you were talking about, you know, Devin Vassell, like Devin Vassell wasn't really unleashed quote unquote at, at Florida state. He was, he was a, he was a role player at Florida state. Essentially. If he ends up being really good, um, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe that becomes an overwhelmingly positive asset that is probably closer to the value of this year's number one pick. I think so, a lot about it like like Shea Gilgis Alexander, what he's kind of become over right. these two years, right? And he was eleventh overall, does that sound right? Two years yeah, ago. Yeah. And <clears throat> obviously he's exceeded the like expected value of the eleven overall pick. And and we saw that in a year after his rookie year get traded in a package for Paul George. And, and that's kind of uh, along those sort of lines. It wouldn't be the only way that the Wolves could go get someone. But I, I do think it, it, looks, it looks like that where it's going to be a, a slower sort of buildup in accumulating talent that eventually maybe gets exponential. Um, by making some once more you, of these I small think moves. once you accrue a certain level of act, talent and assets. I mean, that, that's that the, that's that the deal, right? You look right. at you look at this roster, you watch the playoffs. The one thing we know, the Wolves don't have enough talent. It's they're they're <sighs> no, at they're at, at such all. a discrepancy right there compared to the rest of the league. And so that's what you gotta do. You you draft you draft guys and you, you maximize the assets you have. They're lucky enough to have gotten lucky and have the number one pick here. Right. That that gives you that gives you more artillery to be able to go and yeah and and to start building that building that asset base and and I think the best thing for them is it just I, I can't really see a path where you just attach number one to James Johnson and you got your guy that just doesn't because it either doesn't make sense for Minnesota or it doesn't make sense for whomever the the trade partner is. right like show me the team what what is the team like what is what is the package for Devin Booker that that works for what is the package for Ben Simmons that's that cut and dry I just don't see it looking like that so you need to get a little bit more complex it needs to be this trade back and stack thing or it needs to be some sort of um, three team deal and I think that that's kind of what I want to do today we both have put together notes on a few different teams um, and players that kind of highlight what these I guess ideas are the sweetener for a stud option i mean some of those things we can we can talk about there 
Um, and then also I just want to kind of actually go like nitty gritty with like what the trade back and stack would look like. So do you have one you want to start with? Yeah. So we kind of broke this down into a few different buckets with the sweetener for a stud. Um, so, so there are, there are really three different buckets. There's a five to $12 million player, a 15 to $20 million player, and then kind of like a, a $20 million plus or a max player. Um, and, so, the, and the, and like just how that would work, Culver get Culver plus one gets you a five to $10 million player. Yep. James Johnson plus one gets you 15 to 20 Johnson plus Culver plus one gets you 20 to 27 Johnson Culver Spellman one that gets you a max player. Yeah. So, so for fans that don't know, you have to you can take back 125% of what you send out. Yep. So, so if you ever want to do the math by yourself or you wonder how the trade machine works, that's how it works. So the trade machine doesn't always work. (laughs) No, it does not. Um, So the first one that I came up with um, was that the Timberwolves would receive the Celtics 2020 round one pick from Memphis and Marcus Smart. And the Timberwolves would send the number one pick and Jake Lehman to Boston. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder would receive Enos Cantor from Boston, Jarek Culver from Minnesota, and then they would send Dennis Schroeder to the Celtics. Um, which I think I think I think Boston has a hard time parting with with Marcus Smart, but um, I think getting a guy getting the number one overall pick could go a long way in helping them um, shore up their front court depth in the sense that, you know, their bench is, is, is really pretty razor thin. And especially when now kind of seeing the Celtics play a little bit without Gordon Hayward, um, just kind of, just really, they kind of just really puts that on display. Um, and so that was something that I thought would be kind of an interesting conversation for, for everyone involved and that the Celtics would get a really good backup or rotational guard and Dennis Schroeder that, can play alongside another point guard he's done that this year in Oklahoma City really really well um and then obviously you know the the Thunder are sending out Schroeder who's an expiring contract anyways um and then getting back pretty much a first round pick essentially in Jarrett Culver and then um Uh. and then a guy like well I mean depending on how you want to look at it going home Um, it's really funny you did this I I, so we unlike last time we recorded together we have not sent our stuff together. My, my first team is also Boston. And it's also with the idea of, I mean, you know the way I look at these sort of things is I'm looking at it from the other team side of we got to start there yep. with what they need to be intrigued. I don't yep. like the conversation. I'm not even starting the conversation unless I could see how it works through Boston's eyes. And, and really what stood out to me is, is it just me or just Boston? Like James Wiseman and Boston make a lot of sense. They do. That's what I was thinking. That 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 was what really got me started with it, and and I didn't I didn't go the whole the whole three team route like you did, but it's it's kind of the same, it's kind of the same process where I think you enter with Boston, any sort of conversation, kind of hoping that Marcus Smart is going to be the guy you get back in that, and and I think the number one pick is a is a pretty darn good place to start. Yeah. I don't think that would happen. I, I just don't. I don't, think. I don't either. And and so so then what I started peeling it back, and I think maybe your maybe the Marcus Smart, which I'll say is yours, is maybe a little too high, and I think actually my package might be a little bit too low, um, in, in what it is. But but really, I, I look at it as Boston has three first round picks. In in this draft coming up, Correct. 14, 26, and thirty, and and I think if if you're Minnesota. 
you can pick up two of those first round picks. It's called 14 and 26 plus Boston's first round pick next year. I think it's really important just in general for the Wolves to Take land a first round pick, next land year. a first round pick next year. That's Correct. important on a lot of levels. One, that's just a better draft. Two, they don't have a pick um, in that draft. And three, if they do have a pick in that draft, now we don't got to worry about the Stepien rule and like delaying and future assets. I mean, that pick that swap part, and all that. Yeah, all I think stuff. that I think that part's important. So, so I'm looking at that as the as the draft capital coming back for it. And then um, I went with like smaller salary, and it's just picking up um, for the Wolves, Robert Williams or Romeo Langford. They're just kind of like I like I like Robert Williams a lot. So Robert Williams is the one I ultimately went with. Um, I, I think that's kind of like we've talked about this before too. Kind of the big you you think could be a backup big to cap, but also maybe give you five minutes with him. Or yeah, or five there, ten. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe that sort of idea. Maybe it's a little bit like what I've seen in the bubble and that for that, sure and that there, but it's something. That, it, it's something, and and really. That was probably people like, oh my god, we're trading the number one overall pick for Robert Williams. Like, no, this is <laughs> you're you're, three you're first round picks, three, three first round <laughs> picks, even if they're not good first round picks necessarily um, from Boston. And you're giving up, and all you're giving up is the number one overall pick. You have to put in like Amari Spellman for to, to, to have the money match, match yep. there with Williams. But I think then the idea I went off of that is is you you ha- you have fourteen. You know, you would have fourteen and seventeen if you're the Wolves. Can we maybe combine 14 and 17 and get up to like 9, 10? I would think so. Yeah. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe the Knicks want to trade back. Maybe. Yeah. Something yeah. something like that. I, I think that's just kind of, and I think this is a, a sentiment held by a lot of Wolves followers, is kind of wanting to be in that mid-lottery range. So if you have 14 and 17, maybe you can get up to, I said 9, that's like Washington. I don't know. They need a lot of help. Maybe maybe two first-round picks would do it for them. And then you use that Boston 2021 first to stack with James Johnson in in the offseason for um I don't know if, if that's going to be enough to get you Karis LeVert uh and I, I feel, that's just a name I'm going to use a lot because yeah. it's it's one that I think we can we can see in the 16 million dollar range but people choose your you know choose your name of choice there if you're an Aaron Gordon person if you're a Zach Levine person if you're a Victor yeah. Oladipo, that, that I was, type of money I was going to say the four that I had in mind were Schroeder, Lavert, mm-hmm. Gordon, and um, and and who was the last one you just mentioned? Uh, Gordon. Uh, <laughs> Levine, thank you. Levine, Levine. exactly. Yes, there Levine. You um, so those those are kind of the four that I had in mind. Um, but two, and like if you if you go look up on Spotrack, like look at the guys that you could feasibly get with just a James Johnson salary, like. You're looking at guys like Cody Zeller, Brandon Knight, like guys like those are the types of guys that have mm-hmm. contracts in that range. So. Yeah, and and I mean the the other thing you could do is you could attach something else to James Johnson. Like if you if you put James Johnson and Culver together, you can take up to twenty seven million dollars back. Yep. So so that that's you know they they can they can get there if they want to get more than that. But but I think that's kind of the range. So so just all in all, because I know it's, it's hard to follow some of this stuff. Um, on a podcast with no like visuals. Right. But so for me, what that would look like altogether, the deal with Boston and then also making the move in the summer, assuming you can do that is outgoing um, is you would trade number one, number 17, because that would be in, in the other deal, Amari Spellman and James Johnson and incoming, you'd have the number nine pick. If you made that, that 14 and 17 deal with Washington, you'd have the number 26 pick 
and then you'd have you'd have Karis LeVert and Robert Williams or I, Karis I really like facsimile. that and I think as the more that Robert Williams plays I think the more eyes he opens um, yeah. you know I think he definitely has you know there's I mean with every young player I mean it's tough for everybody to kind of consistently put it together especially in an environment like the bubble and in the playoffs when everything is so kind of matchup oriented and, and dictated. Um, so, and, and for me too, like what I like to also look at is what guys can I acquire that if I get them in house and, and play them more on their current contract, become much more positive assets. Sure. Um, and, and I definitely think that, that Robert Williams could become a guy like that. And who knows if he doesn't end up panning out and he's just okay, you can play him out for the rest of his first contract and bring him back on a, on a pretty reasonable second right. contract. So I see that as, as pretty much like a hard, is, to, it's hard to lose that trade. I underwhelming. Think. Is that an underwhelming amount of high end assets to bring back for the number one overall pick? I think that's. Where I think maybe to that a common short. fan, and I don't mean to sound like an elitist or like somebody who knows more saying this, but <laughs> like, I think that, I think that if if you really take a look at it and, and evaluate kind of how that trade can lead to another trade, you look at it through that context. I think that's a pretty good that's a pretty good return, and I think that that could net you a second guy that's somewhat similar to Karis LeVert. Yeah, and I just think. And, I mean, it's going like, to be hard to to make that deal if you don't if you don't break this up, this number one pick into part of it becoming a twenty twenty one first. Then I don't really know what deals you're able to like get aggressive about in the future in the off season. Just even in this off season, okay. like how are you going to trade James Johnson? Then you're going to have to do like a twenty twenty four first, twenty twenty six first, something yeah. like that. Like it doesn't. I think this is your way if you do want to somehow convert on turning the James Johnson expiring into, you know, another, a, a better player there. Right. Or if we're in the offseason, now we can talk signing trades with Malik Beasley. That's even better than James Johnson. Right. Like, I think a Malik Beasley sign and trade plus that Boston first, like, I, I think that's like, would be a no-brainer that Brooklyn would do that. For Karis LeVert? For Karis LeVert. Yeah. I, mean, I I I I don't I wonder if Minnesota does that. I, I do too. Yeah. I think I think Minnesota Maybe would rather. I think I, I don't know. And, and you would know better than I would, but I would think that Minnesota takes a look at what Malik Beasley just did at what is Malik Beasley 23? He yeah. just turned 23. Mm-hmm. And you Karis Levert's 26, 25, 26 has a litany of injury issues or uh, yeah, injury history. Totally. I I think they could very well just say, nope, we'll take our Boston pick and Malik Beasley. And I think and that's totally else. fair. And I think I would agree with that too. I don't, I don't think I, I would do that trade. My point is just being like, the idea now, of we're at, now we're at this place right. where, yeah, where, you got, where you got Beasley was, is an intriguing, well, now we're not talking about cat filler anymore, right? Like James Johnson is cat filler. Malik Beasley is now like something that costs that same and, amount And this of money. is the second time now with getting the number one pick where the Timberwolves, I don't want to say have stumbled upon something, but like, the Timberwolves have really come across two really positive or pretty positive assets that they just didn't have. And that wasn't something that we had <laughs> yeah, thought that the sure. Timberwolves could have. For sure. You know, a year ago, mm-hmm. walking in with Kat and Andrew Wiggins. You know, we were thinking that, you know, having Gorgie when Wiggins, that you would have to spend at least three first round picks just to get off of both of those players in one year. Yeah. And we spent one first round pick to get off of both guys combined and and took on 
D'Angelo Russell's quote unquote negative contract, which sure. I, I wouldn't say it's negative, but I, a lot of people. If it's negative, it's a hell of a lot less negative than Wiggins contract it's a hell or Gorgie J. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And there's a hell of a lot better chance of it yeah. becoming a neutral asset for sure. So sure. I, sure. I think that that those three things, getting off those deals, only having to give up one first, and then getting Malik Beasley and landing this number one pick are three momentous mm. achievements sure. for the front office in in the first year, which or the first year and change, which I think has been has been awesome. Now I'm cheating and looking at your second one on here. Now I've, I've clicked on your. Okay. Google do you want me to look? Do you want me to go the first one or the second one that I have on there? Um, the first one. Okay. So the first one that I have now for the, we're in the 15 to $20 million player bucket um, is, is centered around miles Turner. Um, this is one that a lot of people have, or a good amount of people have DM'd me about asking, um, you know, like what are your thoughts on miles Turner? Would you, would you try and get down on miles Turner? Um, the answer is maybe. Um, and, and the thing is, is, is if I'm going to get miles Turner, I'm looking at Indiana's roster and how deep of a team they have and say, okay, what else can I get with miles Turner? That's, you know, not gonna, that's not that Indiana isn't going to lose sleep over getting rid of. And so for me, that guy was Doug McDermott. Um, Doug McDermott is an excellent player without the ball in his hands. Great three point shooter would fit really, really well with what the Timberwolves are doing. And he only has one year left on his contract. So sure. could be feasibly re-signed next summer for, you know, a much more team friendly deal than the 7.3 million cap hit that he has for this upcoming season. So in this deal, the Timberwolves would get Doug McDermott and miles Turner and the Pacers would receive James Johnson, Jake Lehman, Jacob Evans in the number one pick. And I just want to note kind of for you and you're kind of giving me that look like, <laughs> like in this sweetener for a stud bucket, I focus less on future assets and more just on players. Sure. Because um, I didn't want to have. Kind well, of that's like, what's interesting about Indiana, right? Is they don't have they, a first round. They don't pick have a first round pick because right. it's. So that's when I was just. Uh, you have like pictures and everything goes is much better than just my handwritten <laughs> notes. But um, I wanted to keep it for myself. Yeah. Too. <laughs> uh, I, I thought I thought Indiana what was tough because of that because, you know whether it's just this is just me talking myself into it or, or <laughs> or if it's true I I think. Um, why I steered away from really giving the Miles Turner one some consideration was I was like, what else, what is the other piece beyond Miles Turner? Because I don't think if we sit down at the, at the trade table and you go, all right, we're putting number one on the table, Indiana, what are you putting on the table? And they go, Miles Turner. It's like, that's not enough. That to me, right. I, that, that's, that's, that's not, that's not enough there. And, and like, yeah, McDermott in a vacuum, that's a shooter. Those are good, <laughs> yeah. but like I just I don't know. I, I and this isn't even to rip on your show. I don't even know what else I would want you to really put in that. I, no future first now from Indiana, some, something like that. It's just I, I felt my conclusion with Indiana is I didn't feel like they they meshed up well. And that that's totally fair. You know, I tried to mess around and find a third team for this deal. Um, did you consider Brogdon at all? I did consider Brogdon, but I also thought that he was so essential for what they did. And even especially with Oladipo out and who knows what Oladipo's health is going to look like in the future. And I think that dude, I, the ship has probably sailed for them. I'm trying totally. to retain. Watch that. I mean, 
I, game I feel two like oh, they're 100 percent right now, 100 percent worse with Victor Oladipo in in this iteration of. I, I of agree. Victor I think that the, I think that the Pacers are probably saying like we're ready to just let Victor Oladipo walk out the door in 2021. Yeah, I mean, and, maybe and, and reactionary what, to what's I, going on right now. And I guess but. with this one, I was trying to be a, probably a little bit more realistic than than the Marcus Smart trade. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think, too, like, I also kind of think about it the way that you do in the sense of, like, why is the other team going to do this? I think Indiana does that. I th- I do think Indiana does that. And and the thing for that me, too, is, That would make a hell of like, a lot of sense because um, you break up the Turner, Sabonis, And I think Sabonis issue. is better. Yeah. I don't even think that's an yeah. yeah, argument anymore. But no, that's that's an interesting one. Let's just uh, now that I've scrolled through your thing, <laughs> um, you just kind of keep going with yours, and I'll interject when when I have something related to the teams that that you've talked about. I don't think we'll be able to get to all these, so just pick and choose ones that are your your favorite. Okay, so I'm going to skip on Bradley Beal because there's probably enough people out there that are interested in Bradley Beal. And there's a- yeah, and there's uh, like 44 players in this trade here. Only eight? Come on, Dane. I mean, uh, what? We, we, see, some picks. we, we got some see picks. 12, tr- 12 player <laughs> trade like, last ooh, year. I like TJ McConnell coming back though. <laughs> you want to get into this? All right. I'll get it. I'll get into this one. All right. So um, this is the, again, there's a sweetener for a stud. And so now we actually have a stud in Bradley Beal. So, so give me the Bradley Beal pitch. All right. People are be like, what the hell if you don't do the Bradley Beal one. So go for it. Okay. So Timberwolves here getting Bradley Beal. And the Pacers, the Pacers' second best TJ, TJ McConnell. Um, uh, they have every single TJ third, that's. T- yeah, they have yeah, every TJ Lee. Go, 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 go. <laughs> uh, the Wizards are receiving James Johnson, TJ Warren, Omari Spellman, Jarrett Culver, a twenty, the number one pick from the Timberwolves, and a twenty twenty three top ten protected first round pick from the Wolves. And then the Pacers receive uh, the Timberwolves. 2020 pick uh, from Brooklyn, a second round pick in 2022, and then Jerome Robinson, shout out BC, and Jacob Evans from the Timberwolves. So, so here we go. The that's the crux of the deal is going to be: is Washington getting enough for Bradley Beal? I and, think yes. And what they're getting here is the number one overall pick, and the Wolves, another Wolves first in 2023, top ten protected. Other than that, the assets they're getting is TJ Warren and Jarrett Culver. I don't know, man. I'm not doing that if I'm Washington. Don't you think don't you think Washington will ultimately get more than that for Bradley Beal? I think they I think they could, but I, I don't know. I, I think that Jarrett Culver would be much better suited just about anywhere else except for Minnesota. Okay. Um so I kind of look at him as half a first round pick because I think that I don't think it's hard. I don't think it's crazy to see Jarrett Culver becoming a very good role player. Sure. Um, and I think with TJ Warren, I mean, they need other shooters on the wing. They're going to have Bertans back. They're going to have John Wall running the show. They're going to have you're going to have Troy Brown Jr., who has been very good in the bubble for them this year. I think you know then you're able to trot out a lineup of like John Wall, Anthony Edwards, Troy Brown, TJ Warren, and maybe Bertans as a small ball five. I mean, that's a, that's an intriguing team i think that's that's comfortably a playoff team next year in the east um and then who knows maybe you know maybe they could get more for bradley beal but i mean i don't know i'm not trying to i don't know i mean how, no, how I, I just I, I i tried about four or five different teams and mm-hmm. as a third team and i thought that the that the wizards just really needed another wing score 
So be TJ, yeah. And so that, and I thought that TJ Warren. I mean, don't you T- think though, if you're Washington, you're ultimate, and you go, well, okay, t- we finally we're getting rid of beat, we're getting rid of Bradley Beal, and now you're, I'm just like, I don't even care about getting a TJ Warren at that point. Not that TJ Warren's bad, it's just like, I, I think we value. trade Bradley Beal and we're like, we're about to be shitty for the next five years. No. Yeah, I that that's definitely fair, and I and, and yeah, maybe you know, maybe that maybe they try and bring in a fourth team to get a number one pick and give and yeah maybe tj warren you put t- send tj warren out someone else and it's another first round pick first round pick TJ warren. Back. how old is tj warren like 26 now something like i that? think he's 27 or 28 yeah. i think um because i don't think he came out right away from yeah he's 26 maybe he turns 27 in in two weeks so but the other thing about tj warren i think that is helpful for the wizards is that tj warren is is two years 23 million dollars which I think is is helpful, and that's a very palatable contract for them. Yeah, and especially with having John that, Wall. Yeah, that's a good. Point. And, and whatever Berton's going to be, I was just trying to think of like, I don't know if the Wizards want to completely mail it in and and blow it up until they can get rid of John Wall, just because that's a yeah. massive contract. That's um, probably the case for like staying like kind of like ninth seed, competitive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That that was my thinking with it, but um, but can definitely understand the the apprehension with it. And I just, I mean, it's hard for Minnesota to come up with assets in, in other ways right. um, to try and entice try and entice the Wizards. It's all about. I mean, for any of these guys in this max or really good player bucket, you have to find a perfect third, fourth team trade partners that can deliver you the assets that you need to help get it done. Because yeah. as Minnesota stands right now. They ain't getting Devin Booker. They ain't getting Bradley Beal. They ain't getting Ben Simmons with the assets that they currently possess. So along those lines, let me, I messed around with a, a Washington deal too, which, you know, for me and a lot of the, the, the ones I wrote down, they have, you know, the trade back and stack idea. And we'll move on to, um, for me, I think what makes sense is when you're trading back in the lottery but two, you're also picking up a player on a rookie scale contract, and then three—that's a good point. Getting a 2021 20, first round pick. I mean, I just think knowing this Wolves front office, if they're taking money back in the deal or take, taking a player back, they're gonna want it to be a guy who's on on the in their rookie contract, just like they did with Beasley, just like they did with Wancho. Like, I think those are the guys they're gonna target. So, I'm interested to just to kind of run this by you uh, with Washington and see if you think they would they would agree with this so number one pick for number nine troy brown jr who is two years i'm eight, eight million I'm, left. Already, I'm already in you would just do that for number one yep okay well i think troy brown's gonna be pretty darn good i do you think washington would also include a 2021 unprotected first round pick no not a chance i think that i think that I think that they would be pretty close to saying no. Just nine and Troy Brown. Yep. I mean, Troy Brown's been kind of nice in the recently, but like, we're we're not. It's not like a a. You think that's like a future All Star or something? Is their grade they have on him? Well, I I'm no, I, I like him too. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a future All Star, but at the same time, like, I could see a path where Troy Brown Jr. is better than Anthony Edwards. I could see that happening. Yeah, sure. It, it might be unlikely, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know if I want to give up Troy Brown and a pick, a future first round pick for. 
I don't know. I, I don't think that they would do your version of it, but I I, I think that that they'd probably actually. I mean, maybe it's just me because I'm higher. Maybe on maybe it's most, okay. So we need, you're saying we need to put at least a protection on that 2021 first. Yeah, maybe like top ten protected or something like that. Um, I was just thinking it'd be really interesting for the Wolves with Washington, like making this deal with a bad team, like this type of that's more you, desperate. Well, yeah, just so you can like get that 2021 pick to maybe be like really nice. Kind of, it would kind of be like what the Wolves gave to Golden State, right? Yeah. Put it, put a top three protection on this Washington pick, and then you have that because again, what I'm focused on is. Yeah, Troy Brown, nice piece. I think he'd be a good fifth starter for the Wolves. I think he's better than Josh Okogie, better than Jared Culver. You know, that'd be that great. Um, but but really what I'm interested in is that lightly protected, we'll call it, 2021 first from Washington and using that maybe next deadline where we're like, oh, turns out Washington sucks and it looks like that might be like a top five pick in this 2021 draft that's supposed to be really nice. And now you're able to like put that together at the trade deadline next year with Malik, you say you brought back Malik Beasley on like a $15 million a year deal. Okay. So we have Beasley looks good. looks to be a legit starter, not a negative asset, not a negative asset plus a lightly protected Washington pick. Now I, I think with one more first there, now you're in the, the like shits hit the fan with Ben Simmons conversation or Whoever, you know, whoever that sort of guy I, is. I, I completely agree with that. I think that, and I completely agree that the goal has to be rookie scale guy and or 2021 first round pick. Do you, are any of, just because I, are any of your deals kind of like that? Because that, that's kind of, I think that path is worth exploring a little bit further. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I do have one, one pick that's like that. Or, or one trade that's like that. Um, actually, no, I, I have more than I have more than a, more than a couple. You got, a lot like of, you got a lot of trades on here. Yeah. So, like so the first one that I will go to before we come back and potentially re- revisit Ben Simmons um, <laughs> is with the Hawks. So I think the Hawks could potentially end up being team. one of the most one of the more desperate teams in this draft because I get the sense that the Hawks just want to surround Trey young and like, let's get going. And I think with a guy who's been in Atlanta, the Atlanta area for his entire life and Anthony Edwards is a really intriguing guy for them. Not only for their success on the floor, but also just put asses in the seats. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I did with this one would be the wolves get Kevin Herter, the Hawks first round pick this year. Which, which is six, which is six, a 2021 unprotected next year. So this trade would have to be Ooh. after. So this trade would have to be after Atlanta has already made their selection or the two teams say, wink, wink, I'll pick for you. You pick for me. Um, and then they also have to take back Brandon Goodwin for salary, just a contract. Yeah. Um, and then the Hawks get Jarrett Culver and the number one pick. I like it. I, I think a lot of people have started um, getting in on the John Collins sort of wolves thing because there's a stupid Bleacher Report article on it. Um, Red Mambo is also in there, though. I, yeah, he was. That, that was was a I'm, bit much. I, I think that I think that's. Um, so basically, what we're we're saying here is it's the it's the exact same mechanics as the Troy Brown deal I did, right? Where you're moving back from one to six for your time. You're picking up Kevin Herter, who has two years left on his deal shooter wing and Long. and Atlanta's unprotected in 21. Yep. 
I mean, that's yeah. that spells desperation. That's like I want the hometown guy coming back to his hometown. Yeah, I mean, and I think I think I think Atlanta could do. That. I see a world in which Atlanta does that. Yeah, and and you also are putting in Culver there too. Which now, if you're Atlanta, you got like you have Reddish, Culver, Hunter. Hurt. Hunter and and Edwards on your wing, but I, I think Hunter's going to end up like being a small ball five or even four for sure. Yeah, and with Collins, yeah, oh, I no, think I'm, he's already a four. I don't, I, yeah, I think they probably. I'm just thinking next year they play Collins play, at the five this year. Yeah, for but, most they're, of the time. but I think they're going to, assuming they have Collins, they're going to have Capella at the five, Collins at the four. Correct. And then Hunter. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Reddish is their six man. Yeah, too. that'd be that'd be interesting. But but beside the point. I mean, I'm I'm totally with this one because I really like the idea of having, of having that that unprotected unprotected Atlanta pick, or if we want to say it's somewhat protected, whatever. Because then you, again, you can bring that into can bring that into next season to or into the off season to make another sort of trade to attach that to James Johnson, attach that to Malik Beasley, whatever. And for that, I'm I'm willing to pay. For me, I'd be willing to willing to pay Jared Culver. I like that one, so I'm going to reset it. Wolves give up number one and Jared Culver. Um, and they receive Kevin Herter, Brandon Goodwin, who doesn't matter, um, the number six overall pick and unprotected 2021. I think that's a for sure do it for the Wolves, which maybe But you mean, could you yeah. could see a, a situation in which Atlanta does that. That's not a hell no from Atlanta. The the only reason I would temper that a little bit is because they traded up they traded so many assets last year to get up to get Hunter. They traded they which traded is up like why? Well, yeah, which is like, well, I'm just, but like, <laughs> but no, yeah, it's a fair they, conversation. They gave up, they gave up eight, 17, 35 and two Cleveland second round picks to get up from eight to four. And it's and, like at a certain point though, you're not going to be able to take guys at all those picks, but, but I get your point. Yeah. Sure. I just, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, if, if Atlanta, I just kind of skipped over Atlanta for me. Cause I was like, I think they're just going to kind of ride it out at six and, or, or just trade it themselves for, for more kind of do what we're trying to do with the wolves is find a way where they can. Get. Depending on how the chips fall with the yeah, first five yeah. picks. Yeah, where they can trade it for that. All right, so my next one is somewhat similar, but this is with the team that I think has a very good potential to be the worst team in the West next year. They're my pick to be the worst team in the West next year, and that's the Sacramento Kings. Um, Buzzing. And so, I mean, the West, I mean, as, when you just start writing it out, it's it's like it's the West is insane next year. But anyways. Yeah, Kings won too. What? I got a Kings one too. Okay, sweet. So um, this is very similar to the last deal um, it was just a little bit of variation. Um, so the Timberwolves would get Rashawn Holmes. Uh, it was a really good defensive center for the Kings on a, on a one-year $5 million deal, or that's what's left on his deal next year. Um, the Kings 2021st, which is uh, 12 this year, mm-hmm. and, it, and an unprotected 2021 first next year. For Jacob Evans, Omari Spellman, the Brooklyn pick this year, which is 17 for Minnesota, and, and the number, number one, one and the number one overall pick. Okay, what are the what are, what picks is Sacramento giving us again? 2020 round one, so that's 12 this year, and then and unprotected next year, and then either an unprotected or top 10 protected, whatever. So whatever basically, you throw your goal of this deal is just to. To get a twenty, like one of the top picks in the twenty twenty one draft, correct. And and you could throw in, I mean, you could throw in Culver, you could throw in, you know, a, no, a I pick I think the Wolves like are getting a, a lot here. You do? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I also think that Rashawn Holmes would be like 
way better than Nas Reed. And, and if yeah, you play two I, bigs, I like, like Rashawn Holmes, my guy, but you can, you can go get a Rashawn Holmes for $5 million. Right. I mean, clo- close to 80, 90% of it. I just don't Probably. feel like Rashawn Holmes is like, I don't know. I, I think that, I don't know. I, I thought that you were going to go the other way. So that the, uh, the Kings would want more or would want to protect a pick, but well, they're, they're getting to move up from 12 to one. Yeah. And I thought that and the, they're getting 17 to me. The players don't matter at all. The, all, all, the, all I'm looking at here is one and 17 for 12 and Sacramento's pick next year. That's, that's what, that's what the trade is. And it's, it's an interesting balance of how much are we valuing, a, I th- I think that is going to be a surefire top five pick next year. I feel pretty confident in saying that that is going to be very high up there. What what's your reason for thinking Sacramento's going to be so bad? Well, I think too. I mean, if they keep Luke Walton, Luke Walton is a terrible coach. <laughs> I don't think any of the players in the Kings are going to want to play for Luke Walton. I think they're probably going to try and trade Buddy Heald at some point here because his contract looks terrible at this point. And then two. When you when you come down to it, you know I, I just I just look at I just look at the West and I look at you yeah. know who the Kings have to play next year in in their division and you look at the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, the Warriors. No, you're, that's a I lot. Mean, that's a lot of losses. Next they're gonna year. be bad. You're right. You're, you're right. They're gonna be bad. I it just I'm just I feel I, like and this... I think I think even if they had eight next year, I think eight next year is the equivalent of having like two or three this year. Sure. So I think that, I don't know. I, and I don't really care all that much about the 17th pick this year. I, I just don't like, I'm fine giving that up to get the 2021 thing. Yeah. And I think I, overall, like I just think that the player that we get at 17 or the pick at 17 is like just nowhere near on the, like that combined with one is just nowhere near like the level of whoever we take at 12 plus mm-hmm. a top eight pick next year. Sure. I think that there is more than enough difference there in the Wolves favor. And then you also throw in that you're getting Rashawn Holmes, who I think is like a rock solid center that would really help them on defense when cats not on the floor. I think, I think that would be an easy okay. yes for me. Sacramento. What do, what do the Wolves have to give to get De'Aaron to get De'Aaron Fox? I like the way you think. I think if you're talking about De'Aaron Fox, like I definitely think De'Aaron Fox is better than D'Angelo Russell. I think he's yeah. and like well, I'm I'm I, I okay. I know, I'm De'Aaron just, Fox is on a rookie deal. I mean, he's that's just, he's on his last year of his rookie deal, so he checks that box. He totally to me as a max player. Well, yeah, well, it looks like he, yeah, it's going to be a player who's going to. Like has the potential to enter into that whatever that's this Devin Booker Ben Simmons facsimile group is, which are Correct. these twenty five something year olds. You're thinking about trying to get him and then flip him while he's still on his rookie deal. At the I'm deadline. just saying, get him. Why can't he be the third guy? Why can't it be Cat Fox and D'Lo? That'd be fun. And and I just I just think if you're if you're Sacramento here, there's there's a world where, as you just said, if we're assuming De'Aaron Fox is a max player. I mean, and you go, that's not what the route they want to take if they don't want to max out De'Aaron Fox, which I think you can make an argument for if you're them and you're kind of go, you know, kind of tearing it up a little bit. And like, 
what do you, I don't know. Like, I think that that's how you kind of make the argument is that they go, we're trying to, we know we don't want to pay Fox in a year. If we can get the number one pick in, in this draft and, and somewhat like a Jerk Culver um, from the wolves. Am I, am I crazy to think that that is somewhat reasonable? So what's your deal overall? Culver, Culver and number one for Fox. That is a huge swing for whoever that next GM is going to, I mean, that's a huge, like, that's that. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to stake my claim in year one on trading my star player for Jarrett Culver and the number one pick. I think you would be lucky if, Anthony Edwards. And I don't know. I mean, maybe people listen to things think it's stupid. I just, I just went back to it and I'm looking at, I mean, you pulled up Sacramento, Sacramento's books. I mean, you think they suck. The only thing that that's, that's worse than what their team looks like next year is their books. I mean, it's, you got Harrison Barnes going out for like three years, making over $20 million a year. Buddy Heald is making like 25 a year there. I mean, it, it, I think there's a, a world where Good it makes God. sense. Bazemore, Barnes, yeah, I, it's Corey just, Joseph. It's, Those are your three highest paid players. Harrison Barnes, Kent Bazemore, and Corey Joseph. Exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean. Plus, I mean, didn't Bogdan, is Bogdanovich, did he sign an extension? No, he'll be, he's a restricted this summer. So I'm okay. assuming they bring him back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe maybe I'm way too low on that. I I don't. I just want to know. I, what, I, I want to know what what fair value is for De'Aaron Fox. I don't know what the answer. To I, that I think is. that De'Aaron Fox is a really interesting guy because I think it totally depends on who you ask. Like I'm looking at De'Aaron Fox as like one of the best young assets in the NBA, and and I agree with that too. But we got to acknowledge that we're talking about one year. See, he's he's a year away from signing a D'Angelo Russell deal, and right, and we talk and. Where it's going to be thirty think, plus so million dollars. Are you thinking of Deer and Fox more as like I want this guy to be on the Wolves long term, or I want to flip this guy at the trade deadline? No, I'm I'm th- more thinking I want to be on the Wolves for a long time, but I'm trying to find a back door into being able to get a guy who's going to be a legit third star. And I, mean, I think that back door. I mean, this is a pretty damn good situation to try and do what you're talking about. It it's because it only works if Sacramento goes. We don't want to pay. Darren Fox and Bogdan Bogdanovich, yeah, or Bogdan Bogdanovich. They, I mean, they would need to sign Fox to an extension this summer. If they don't, if they hit the spot where Fox and them they don't agree on giving him a, a max extension, you're just saying like, let's get in on that. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just looked at it today, and I'm like, I feel like I haven't heard anything anywhere with anything in Darren Fox. And so maybe that's just because I'm out of the Sacramento loop, you know. And maybe everyone there loves him, and he's like, he is their Devin Booker, or he is their whatever. He's their guy, but. He's the only guy who can make them relevant in the future, in my opinion. And I, if I was in Sacramento, not, not the Lamelo Ball number one. <laughs> that's fair. I don't know, and, and maybe I'm lower on Lamelo. I don't know. I just like, and and that's fair too. But I, I, how interested would you be in using De'Aaron Fox to go get like? A Ben Simmons, like if Ben Simmons, so, yes. so, so then, so then you're talking about yeah. this shit hits the fan, right? Yeah. So Philly is just a train wreck, dumpster fire, and <laughs> they have no spacing. Their whole offense is a clusterfuck. Like they next can't, trade deadline, they, you're saying? They, I mean, it already is, but like <laughs> next year, let's say they underachieve, they're on track to be like the seventh seed in the East. Ben Simmons is like, I hate this. I want to, I want to leave. I, like I would feel great having Deer and Fox in my back pocket on a on a max well, extension. To, because that, that I mean, 
to go. If we want to talk about Ben Simmons, we want to talk about Devin Booker coming to the Wolves. Basically, what I believe right now is one of Carl Anthony Towns or D'Angelo also going to be outgoing in that trade. I just don't see a way for that to happen. Not even in a three-team deal? Not even. I mean, you can, well, we can go to that one okay. next. But, but like, I just think now if you, if you have De'Aaron Fox on the team, now you have one of those guys. Now it's one of those three that you, you, you are trading for, for, De'Aaron, for, yeah. for Ben Simmons uh, at that point. And, and don't get me wrong. If, if the Timberwolves can do that De'Aaron Fox trade, you do that 100% okay, of the time. So then, you don't even think about so it. If you that, say yes. So if that's what we both think, then the, the probably the real answer is more needs to be added. The Wolves would need to add more to that. I would think so. I think I would feel comfortable adding 17, maybe. Yeah, I think 17. Sure. If yeah, you, yeah. I mean, if you add 17 and then maybe also get a guy like Harry Giles or. Yeah, he's a free agent now, though. Oh, shoot. Okay. I'm just looking at their books. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if, if you're. I don't know. If, if you're thinking about just like another guy to throw in at like 17 to kind of even him out, like, I don't think it's that far off. But I, I think maybe if you throw 17 in, like, you're getting. Yeah. A little, like, it might be a little too much. And this is a know. good way to highlight the whole not being able to trade more future picks right now, being as that the, the Golden State pick is gone. Like, if the Wolves wanted to add a future first, the earliest they can put in is 2024 and so that you know that that's kind of i don't know does number one culver in a 2024 unprotected does that get you darren fox it's all de- it's all dependent yeah. on what they think of darren fox if they want to pay him the max or not that's what i De'Aaron think that's fox what it comes would to. be incredible in the Timberwolves offense yeah. all right let's move on let's, right. let's, but that one's let's put that one out into the Put that one out into the ether. I don't get why it's not a thing. I Maybe I'm missing something. There's ones. I'll take notes on this, and there's going to be – I'll take notes and just, like, at the end of this, we'll put out, like, three or four of these. We'll, we'll tweet them out and, and see what people think. I, cool. I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of curious to see. Like, we'll bookmark that one. All right. So, since we talked about Ben Simmons, <laughs> I'd uh, – <laughs> This was this was no let's do it. let's get my, weird. This was my Who Max cares? Booker deal. Um, I sent Dane a few late on Thursday night, and the only response I got was "Sweet Jesus" was the response <laughs> that I got from Dane. Seeing these, Dude, I but, was really tired by then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe it. Um, and your phone was probably blowing up with all those questions. Um, all right, so this deal I think is Dude, I'm as, so about this deal. My w- without the wolves, I just love. Uh, okay, sorry. Okay. I think this is one of the better ones I've ever come up with in in, <laughs> in the trade machine. Um, this was my sweet Jesus deal, right? Yep. Yeah, this was. Right. It was either that or the the Booker one that I threw you that I'm not going to talk about. In this, <laughs> that you can you guys can ask me yeah, if you want. But <laughs> all right. So the Timberwolves are getting Ben Simmons. Um, the 76ers are getting Chris Paul, the number one overall pick, a 2022nd from Oklahoma City, and then potentially like Malik Beasley in a sign and trade. So this would have to happen after the, after the, this would have to happen after the draft and because During free agency. Yeah. And because Oklahoma city is not giving up a first round pick. So you don't have to worry about making two selections for two different teams. I think that this is, this is a candidate for a trade that could happen afterwards. And then the thunder are getting Al Horford, Jarrett Culver, a 2022 second from Minnesota, a 2023 first from Minnesota, and then Wancho Hernan Gomez for a three-year, eighteen million dollar deal to make salary match, and also gets them, you know, another guy who can space the floor. Okay, I think that is the framework. I think the way that the way that you 
engage the 76ers if you want to try and do it this offseason is you need to find a way to get either Chris Paul or Mike Conley or some type of point guard oh, like that dude, the, going there. I mean, aside, I guess I'll start here. A way a way to get Chris Paul on the Sixers makes too much sense in in a outgoing Ben Simmons trade. Like because because if I'm if I'm the Sixers and I am going to start trade if I'm going to put Ben Simmons on the trade market this summer, the, sure as hell going out with him in a trade is Horford. Is Horford or Tobias Harris? I think Horford would probably they'd probably prefer to keep Harris. Sure, but whatever. I mean, either way, it's an anvil of contracts. That, 100% agree. That, that need to go out the door with them. So I think the Thunder are uniquely lined up to be able to do that because use the Wolves, for example. If the Sixers go, yeah, man, we want to trade you Simmons. You just got to take Al Horford back with them or you got to take Tobias Harris. Timberwolves are saying hell no. Well, the Timberwolves literally they can't, can't do it. Do, yeah. They can't. There's no way that's, what is that, $55 million in salary? The Wolves can't get up to match that without putting Cat or Delo in. in the trade. So it, I, like, that's kind of my main reason why I haven't, don't even really think about Simmons. But I think why the Thunder make a ton of sense is because you have Chris Paul as this $42 million trade exception right there. You're almost at matching salary of Simmons and Horford just with him. I think you hold on. What was that number? 55. Let's call it 55. Yeah. And he's 42. Yeah. You're, you're, you're close. You're close. 100 times 1.25. But this is where I think the Wolves part breaks down. 44 is a number. Is, well, um, is that I think it's going to be uh, very difficult to trade the number one overall pick and have Malik Beasley be one of your main outgoing assets. It's no doubt about it. It's hard. And, and actually I got, cause when I think it was last time when, when you were on, when we were talking, we were talking about using maybe getting a little overzealous with the idea of Malik Beasley sign in trades, because what somebody who's much smarter than me ended up texting me after that was, was that there are some base year compensation issues with Malik Beasley in in trades, not to mention the whole idea that the draft is going on yeah. one week, and we're like, "Hey, we drafted Anthony Edwards." And admittedly, I and am not five years perfectly sound on basic well, compensation stuff, and, and and me neither. So I I just think that when when you or I or or anyone is playing fantasy GM in this, um, trading the number one pick and Malik Beasley together, I don't think really works. And, and that's part of my reasoning for being like, okay, let's break number one up into something different. And now, a week later, when it's the offseason, attach it to Beasley. Or use your, use your Kings thing. Like, find a way to flip the number one overall pick into a 2021 top five pick from Sacramento. And now you attach that to Beasley. And we start doing that. I just, I think it's going to be pretty tricky. And the PR of drafting somebody only to trade them. Seven days late. I mean, it's just... It's not ideal. It's not ideal. It's not impossible. I'm just saying that's... <laughs> these are issues. The, the, oh, these 100%. are issues there. The, and yeah. so, sorry to poke... I think as far as... If we're just going, like, up and down looking at this, like, yeah, that... I, I think don't, it makes sense for everybody involved. I think it makes sense. But that's what I'm saying. The reason I think it ultimately won't happen is... Is because of that. Is because of that. And then if you're, if you're Philly... If you're Philly, I don't think you're and you've gone to go get 36-year-old now or 35-year-old Chris Paul, why do I want the number one overall pick? You got to then – then if I'm Philly, I got to flip that again. You think – you don't think that they'd want to stick Anthony Edwards out on the wing and have 
Chris Paul. No, I'm, if, if I get Chris Paul, if I get 36 year old Chris Paul on my team with Joel Embiid, who's got like the knees of a 36 year old, I'm it's championship next year, and I think I do whatever I can to turn that ant, that number one overall pick into. So a, then, then you'd be like, I mean, if you want to stay with this framework, then you're looking at a fourth team that can make yeah salary match with. Mm-hmm. The outgoing stuff with the Timberwolves. I mean, then you'd need to have James Johnson going out somewhere and Jared Culver going out somewhere. I mean, then you just need a fourth. No, team I, I, I think, and I don't think that. I don't think that's that's out ridiculous. I yeah, just don't. No. In Simmons trades in general, I don't think Philly's like, yes, number one pick. That's for interesting. Us. That's the first per, you're the first person I've heard that has not said that would because there was somebody in Philadelphia who was like, who, don't you feel like they are like. I mean, already kind of all in right now, like, yeah. And I think that having a guy like Anthony Edwards that could come in and potentially be a really productive player on the wing sure. for them, I like Anthony Edwards. on a on a rookie year deal or a rookie scale deal. I think is interesting. I mean, who else are you gonna have? Like, who else are you gonna f- try and flip that number one pick to have? Like, you're gonna it's the whole and, issue we've come up with yeah, the whole like, time. It's just this. like I don't know, and especially since they're so financially strapped. Um, yeah, but I don't now, know. but now, okay, but now, and maybe if we you, repurpose this attra- asset onto Philly. Now you're Philly, and and you got Tobias Harris. What does Tobias Harris a number one get you? Now you can go get like a thirty million dollar guy. Like I, I bet off the top of my head, like I don't, I don't know what that is, but they have now they have the salary matching to go turn that into like another another real guy. So I don't know I, if I was running Philly, I would, I and I got Chris Paul, I wouldn't want the number one overall pick, but maybe that's. Maybe you go get Kevin Love. Love that. Oh, Chris Paul, Kevin Love, and Bead. Man, dude, that's just like three of my favorite players. Um, Bead be an interesting one for sure. <laughs> Somehow we made this not about Wolves getting Ben Simmons <laughs> and all, but maybe that's just my subconscious. Well, I think I mean, it's, it's, fair to, it's fair to go through all of the different what ifs and why wouldn't this work scenario. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, that that's an interesting one. Um, and really, there were two other ones that I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, start getting picky and choosy because we're over an hour now. Yeah. So the other one that I want to talk about, though, similar to the uh, Rashawn Holmes deal, is getting Wendell Carter Jr. Um, I don't think that the Bulls long term are going to love the idea of having Wendell Carter and Lowry Markkinen, um, even though that makes sense on the floor together. I just don't know yeah. how much they love it. Um, so I think getting their number four overall in their first round next year, which I think will be a very good first round pick yeah. for kind of similar, Jarrett Culver and then 17 and number one. So, And the so reason the, why I included yeah. 17 was because you're not talking about the number 12 pick with Sacramento. You're talking about the number four pick. For sure. Um, but you're also getting probably a guy that, the, the like is probably a better asset in Wendell Carter Jr. than Rashawn Holmes. I I I, th- I could see something here where where Chicago wants to trade up, um, but basically they're trading up. Uh, they're giving an unprotected 2021 first to and, and move part. up three spots. Right, that seems like a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I understand the they're getting 17. They're all, they're getting Culver. Yeah, I'd, but I yeah. I'm just I'm just doing yeah. I'm just doing my poke. No, no, thing. I get that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the reason why I didn't put sound protections on these is because I wanted to kind of weave that into the conversation in the sense of like, mm-hmm. okay, if you don't think that they would do an unprotected 
does the conversation change if it's top 10 protected mm-hmm. if it's you know top four yeah, protected something, right. something like that I, but but i think that what do you how low would you go if you're the wolves let's do it from that side i don't know i mean i sure as hell think chicago is going to be in the bottom 10 next year yeah so then we're so i would risk probably try off in the future say top five protected would probably be my my bet so then that way even if they're terrible and they are the worst team in the league you still have that op- you still have that chance that it could sure. fall out of that because the worst what the worst thing you can get is five if you're the worst team because yep. i think wasn't Sounds golden right. state the worst yeah, team seven. this year yep. and they could mm-hmm. get five and they yep. got two so yep. who knows maybe top i would i would say probably top three protected or top four protected would be the lowest that i would go but that's also you know the, the worst case there is that the chicago is the worst team in the nba and right. i just think that chicago probably has a little too much talent right now to be the worst team in the nba so i, I think a, a big reason to want to do this too is because you think wendell carter is better than Jarrett culver why do you think that? So I, I think that Wendell Carter is, is better than, than Jarrett Culver just because I think he, you know, kind of plays at more of a position of need with the Wolves. I think the Wolves need backup center, a backup big or a guy that you can throw out there in a two big lineup way more than they need a rotational wing who didn't really give the Wolves a lot last year. And I don't think that Jarrett Culver – I don't know how much more Jarrett Culver is going to give the Wolves this upcoming season sure. than he gave them last season. And I'm not saying that in, like, a negative way. I'm just saying, like, I genuinely do not know. And I think that I could probably trust that Wendell Carter would be more valuable or, or provide more production, especially on the defensive end of the floor, than whatever they could get out of Culver. And I think, too, that the teams around the league probably see Wendell Carter Jr. as a better asset right now than Jarrett Culver. That that's just that's just my interpretation of it, and that was kind of my the, thought process. The advantage would be Culver um, has three years left on his rookie deal, and where Carter has two left, right? Yeah, and who knows? Yeah. Maybe that. I don't know if that swings it or not. What yeah. about okay? So, I mean, maybe that becomes a negative thing for Culver. Like eleven million dollars for Culver in two years isn't that his final number? Yeah, that's crazy. Like it could be it, that could end up being a really tough. Yeah, Culver number. has three years, twenty-one million left on his deal. Yeah. And it's what four, five, or, or it's four, then six, then eleven, or something like that. Four, something seven, eleven, yeah, something like that. I so what I what I did with Chicago is I was just like, it, and this is similar to the De'Aaron Fox thing, where Larry Markkinen's on the final year of his rookie scale deal. Mike, I don't know, like if you're Chicago, are you sure you want to pay Larry Markkinen a, a year from now? Does Larry Markkinen in four, like? Is that enough if you're the Wolves for one? I I don't know to be honest with you. Like I haven't really seen anything from Laurie Markkinen in the first. So you like Carter better than Markkinen? Yep. Ooh, we disagree there. I I, I think I, I think I've always been too high on Markkinen though. And I think you know obviously I think let me let me rephrase this. At I think their, I think that best. is not a common opinion if you like Carter better. Okay, and and I mean, even with the context of the Wolves, like that's fine. Like at their peaks, that's what I'm kind of thinking too. At their peaks, I think there's no doubt that I'd rather have Laurie Markkinen on the Timberwolves than than Wendell sure. Carter. However, I mean, with how how much Laurie Markkinen's been hurt, I mean, I guess you can make the same argument for Carter. Like, I just don't know. I just don't know how much more you're going to get out of Laurie Markkinen than you in the probably lesser games you'd play than Wendell Carter. Plus, like. Is Laurie Markkinen really like how much more is Laurie Markkinen going to give you than than Juancho Hernan Gomez? Because they're both white. 
<laughs> like I'm just saying, like I don't know. Like, no, I think Larry Markkinen's a lot better than Wancho. Um, I think yet I think his his star fell a lot more than was probably fair this year. Um, I think that's that's. I'm not saying he's gonna be out and getting a max like Darren Fox or anything like uh, in that in that same sort of spot. Uh, but I think for me, if if I'm the Wolves and I can get Larry Markkinen, Chicago's lottery protected first next year and number four, I'm giving up number one in Culver for that. Okay. And and that's fine. I like I it's the the getting Chicago's lottery next year is huge, but that, swings it enough for that, me. Yeah, that's where I think, and that's I have a question mark next to that. Like I don't know if that would. Yeah, and I guess it just depends. Like Laurie Markkinen, sixty-eight games year one, fifty-two games last year, fifty games this year, so he missed fifteen games this year. Um, right. Yeah, I mean it's just an interesting conversation to have, and and one where you know I don't know how high the bulls are on either of these two guys. I think that the Bulls... Well, now pro- they're in a whole... The thing, too, I, I did Sacramento and Chicago is you're going to have new front offices in both of those places. Right. Which I think implies the possibility of movement. And, and last year, Minnesota moved up. Yeah. And I think when when you're with a front office, like, and you're a first-year guy, I mean, I think that me making my stake, chances are, like, probably going to want to move up rather than move down. Yeah. Especially if you're in a huge market like Chicago and you know, you get lucky enough to potentially get this impact guy to come back in and revitalize a huge fan base. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised to see them move Laurie. Um, But it's, it's just like, it all comes down to. Well, well, the, what is the value of one versus four? I think is where that the, a yeah. deal with Chicago comes down to is how bad is Chicago? How much, like how much do you like Wendell Carter versus Laurie marketing? Right. And so my thing is I'm biased and like, I'll openly admit that I would much rather have a more defensively minded guy that could potentially yeah, side in Jack, next to cat. Than- Wendell Carter can't play with cat. Right. Okay. And, and I guess maybe I'm thinking about, you know, playoffs like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. And, and I'm obviously and this is recency bias because I'm watching the playoffs and I see how matchup oriented Everything is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're watching game four of, of Denver and Utah right now. Yep. In game three, Michael Porter Jr. played like 10 minutes. Yeah. Because that specific game, was they were, he was so bad on defense that he just didn't play. Right. Which like, is- I just think it's – I just think – I'm personally thinking that the Wolves need to have two bigs that if they get in – if they sneak into the playoffs this year or whenever – that like, you, you need to be able to throw two guys out there. You don't got to sell. You don't got to sell me on that. You know. I, I yeah, I know that. And, <laughs> and, and again, like if you're and if you're strictly talking about just trying to flip an asset, I would probably say let's try for Lori mm, rather right, than right. Wendell. Whereas I'm saying if the guy is going to be here for a few years, sure, I might think about having Wendell more in that sense. But again, like. I'm very much of the opinion that I would rather have a more defensively minded big that you can get in and potentially throw in if you need to, because as it stands now and last year, not good at D like <laughs> the Timberwolves just like weren't in a position where it's like they got too big or whatever, like a team that can have a short roll passing big to big or something like that. Like they just got absolutely destroyed. Right. So it's just, I mean, it, it all depends on like, no, I think Chicago, think Chicago is an interesting team. I think to dink around with any of these top of the lottery teams it would make sense to, that maybe one of them would want to jump up to one. And, and then it's about that. It's like, what are the assets? And, okay. What are your, what are your rookie scale contracts? And, and I, for and Chicago, like, I think Chicago is probably more likely because oh, yeah. 
like one, they're closer to number one. So they, yeah, you'd, that think that, you'd think that they'd have to yeah. give up a last to get up yeah. there, but two, like it's a big market. Like you think about the Knicks. LaMelo is showtime. No matter what you think about him as a prospect, right? You know, you had him one, Jake and I had him lower, like lower four. What was it? Four. I think it was four. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you think about him. Yeah. The one thing LaMelo ball is absolutely is showtime for sure. And like, yeah. you're talking about reengaging Chicago, which is probably what top five big market in the NBA. And then sure. New York, which is yeah. number one, like, Makes some sense there. It, it makes some sense there. All so. right, give me one more and then we'll wrap it up. All right. So, um, for my last one, oh man. All right. So this one, this one is a little bit interesting. I my guess is that you're going to disagree with this, and that's fine. <laughs> and, me, and me looking at this, like I, I like I almost even don't know looking at it myself. So I'm the Timberwolves get Dennis Schroeder, Darius Baisley. And they get both of Oklahoma City's first round picks next year. So the way that Oklahoma City's first round picks next year are set up is that they get the two most favorable picks of their pick, Miami's pick, and Houston's pick next year. So it'll probably so end probably up probably OKC because they're probably and then Michigan, my guess Miami. is probably Miami. Yeah. So your Miami that pick will probably be in like the twenty two to twenty three range, and then. Oklahoma City's pick, I mean, who knows? If they trade Chris Paul, they could fall off a little bit next year. I'm not saying that they would like – I mean, that pick could be in the – I could see that pick being in the lottery next year. Oklahoma City is such an interesting team to think about for trades this summer, right? Like – or summers more so as like a third team rather than like a, a one team but here but I'll, even, I'll finish the trade i'll finish yeah. the trade quick so so dennis Schroeder, darius Baisley, those two first round picks in 2021 for the timberwolves and the timberwolves send out james johnson Jarrett culver and number one but you can also get away with doing this deal if you don't include Jarrett culver at all and maybe you include 17 instead of Jarrett culver but i was thinking that you know maybe it's one of those two things depending on whatever you value more highly and i think that not yeah, that man, i don't I like val- not that i don't value Jarrett culver highly but that i think that you could probably get a guy who fits better with the timberwolves maybe more long term at 17 sure um patrick so, williams or something patrick like yeah or some guy that you can fill in yeah. so uh yeah I, I i mean i think i think oklahoma city could really be at a point to wanting to trade dennis Schroeder this summer sell high baby like he's I, I like do you think that he they or he wants to be there long term like you're my i'm you know i'm sam proust i'm like hey dennis man like we're gonna be really shitty for the next like two or three years probably yeah because we're stick, presuming want, they get rid of chris, chris paul, paul like do yeah. you really want to stick around here and like be crappy but like hang out with shay in the backcourt probably not like yeah. if you can go if you can get your you go money, to minnesota it's great. go to minnesota man play with <laughs> like but I, I don't know. No, I no, think, no. I think that, you know, Minnesota's on more of a path to contending in the next three to four years than I think Oklahoma City is, mm-hmm. or at least is going to be more aggressive doing that. I don't think Dennis Schroeder's going to re-sign in Oklahoma City, and I think that, you know, I, I don't see – I mean, Dennis Schroeder's a great contract and a, and a very good player because I don't think he's a negative asset. He's got one year, $15.5 million left, Yeah, right? to, to include, like, if Oklahoma City – like, let's say Ben Simmons requests a trade and – the Thunder is just like screw everybody else. Let's just do this, you and me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, hundred percent. I'm waiting for. Yeah, maybe I'm waiting that for, He's just gonna. So, I can't wait for Sam Sam Presti to just come to the like negotiation table once Booker or Simmons or or Beal or any of these guys 
become made like, available. What do you like, want? And, and the like, wolves take, are like, yeah, dude, we got Culver in a 2024 and pick. Sam Presti's like, he's just gonna what pick number do you like want? A lot of year? cash on the table. He's just gonna <laughs> he like takes him into his apartment. He's like, take a look at this. Yeah, and it's just like a trophy case. Of All of the picks. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I, I think I think this is this is really interesting because then at number one. If you're Oklahoma City, you go okay. So who's our guy? We're gonna we, do we want to pair with Shea? And you just think about it through through that lens of probably if that's Edwards. Edwards, yeah, um, or uh, you know, or, or James Wiseman because Adams if, is going to be an expiring next gone. year. I mean, it's a, it's a <laughs> if they trade Paul and Schroeder, and then Gallo is expiring, it's a blank canvas with just Shea in the middle of it. And then they can they can all figure that Which out. Which I think would be intriguing to them to be able to get a guy like you have the number one yeah. pick like that's. And then the other thing too, and Culver's better than all their wings, somehow. Except other Dort. than Dort, yeah, <laughs> your guy, <laughs> my guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Who'd have thought an undrafted guy from Arizona dude. State's winning a playoff game for them? Dude, he can't play Diallo though. Oh my god, I I can't stand watching that team. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I think that I think that Oklahoma City, you know, and I've talked to a couple different guys in Oklahoma City that I know, um, saying like, what's the pulse on? A guy, what would the pulse be like on a guy like Jarrett Culver in Oklahoma City? And they're all just saying the same thing you are. Like, all of our wings are terrible. Like, Terrence Ferguson terrible. is terrible. Hamadou Diallo is terrible. Like, Jarrett Culver, and I think, like, with the way that they play offense, like, yeah. I think Jarrett Culver would probably be better suited to play there than in Minnesota. Um, I think the one sticking point with the Thunder that they think about is, like, okay, do we want to hold on to Dennis Schroeder and hope that, like, a huge star gets pissed off and requests a trade in the middle of the season. Uh, so got some and then you want to have Dennis Schroeder. They got Adams though. They still got Adams. But I like think 28. that Dennis Schroeder is probably a more intriguing guy to a lot of different teams. Right. Plus then you can either re-sign him long, like you can re-sign him long-term and potentially get him at a number that right. more favorable than you might think. I don't know. I just think that, that that's the only main sticking point I can see from an Oklahoma city perspective of why. I, I, like, I mean, basically deal. too, he's been, he was nice this year for them. Yeah. Like, like I think this is pick. an interesting deal for both sides. Like, yeah, I, I do too. And, and so let's, I'll say it again. The wolves are getting Schroeder, Darius Baisley and two 2021 firsts from Oklahoma city. Um, presumably Oklahoma cities, which, could they protect whatever to the, somehow getting two 2021 first from them? They could. Yeah. Yeah. And then the wolves are giving up James Johnson would just functionally be cap filler here. I'm sure he wouldn't end up playing on that team. Um, Jarrett Culver and the number one overall pick. I think it's interesting, man. I think it's interesting. I think it's not sexy at all, but it's functional though. Yeah. And I, I mean, we literally Schroeder, Schroeder and DeAndre Russell would work that I, I don't even know how people could really argue with that. Schroeder made it work with, Shea and with and the Timberwolves need separately. three point guards on the roster this year. Yeah, a- absolutely. I, I think and and Darius Basley would be would be nice too. I mean, I, yeah, and scoring I, I think, punch. I mean, that's another thing the Timberwolves need. So it's and then again, which my hill that I'm dying on is I think it's really important to have 2021 picks and there because you go. because yeah, you got that and now we could they would still have room to play around with the the whole Beasley thing and you Beasley, have a rookie scale deal in Basley. Yeah. No, I like that, and it's hard. It, it's hard to see Oklahoma City. You think there's any chance they include Dort in that instead? No, <laughs> you don't think so. <laughs> that contract is way too good. No. His agent's got to no, be no. hurt. Oh yeah, that was dumb. I, I just yeah. I mean, I think what an Oklahoma City fan would say is they, assuming they're tanking next year, they don't want that. They would want to have some heavy protections 
on the Oklahoma City pick there because that, like, yeah. I mean, it I all think depends on if be... you have Chris Paul next year or not. Yeah, but the rest of the but team. But I, th- I, I mean, do you think I think they try and trade him this summer? Yeah, I think they try and sell high. Like if you would have told me a year ago, I don't want could... to. I mean, I, so I, I, I like you're the a Thunder. huge Thunder guy. I know it's like the only other team in the, the only team in the playoffs. That I'm like, you, you either like tweet about sure the Timberwolves or the Thunder, and <laughs> nothing else. I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like. I, I, it's interesting. I, I think. I mean, I get the whole, you know, tank and you know, do that whole get get the picks, have the have the all the assets, the wad of cash that Presti could do. But like the Thunder aren't that bad right now. Where it's like you you could use a couple of those assets to make like a kind of decent team, like a, a team that could be like the two seed in the, the West next year. If Chris Paul is the same thing again next year, like they, they were, they were, Oh, I'm slamming two feet on the brakes there. I mean, there was, they were the Lakers, the Clippers. Okay. The Lakers, not the Lakers. The Warriors are back next year. The Blazers are going to be good. The jazz. Okay. But to that, like the play to that end, the Blazers, the jazz, you could easily, the, you know, those, those sort of teams that could easily, be better at if they dude they have so i think you gotta i think so you gotta hope somebody gets hurt on one of those two teams yeah well i mean the jazz with the three seed, another the jazz year older three seed this year before the bubble yeah i mean before I, they got to the bubble and they i wouldn't be yet. worried at all about chigildress alexander another year older like potentially an all nba type and player all those wings and they getting wings. That's the whole. That's what I'm saying is go trade for a wing. Oh, go. okay. I thought you were saying if they brought like the same team. No, back not natural next progression. Year. Like actually invest. My bad. Invest okay. in growing this group of the Thunder. Yeah, I don't I, think that's a, a a terrible idea. No, I, I think it just comes down to like if they're going to have Chris Paul or not. I mean, in this deal, as a Timberwolves fan, I think you'd kind of hope that they'd have Chris Paul maybe, so that that way that they're like close to the, the chances of you getting that pick or higher. But again, like if you lottery protect it. Then, I mean, whatever. Then it just rolls over in 2022, and you right. still have a first round pick from yeah. Miami, presumably, That's that big. you could play with. So who knows? But good stuff, Jack. Um, explain you and Jake's uh, big board and where people can find that. Yeah. So um, my guy, Jake Painting, and I, who both who both write for Canis Hoopus, um, we both did a, a big board or part one of a big board for the Timberwolves. Um, and we included 10 prospects, which, and it's even better now that the Timberwolves had the number one pick because we were writing this before, before the lottery. We wanted to drop it the morning after the lottery. Um, so we have 10 guys. Um, we, we did strengths, weaknesses, kind of a what if um, aspect of it. And then they're fit with Minnesota for, for our top 10 guys. And you can find that um, over at, over at canishoopus.com. Um, and it's on Twitter too. You can you can go to canishoopus.com slash twenty twenty dash NBA dash draft. And do people and do that? Right do there. Can people type in URLs anymore? I don't know. I mean that's a pretty simple one. That is a good one. That's a really simple one. <laughs> like if if that's your sticking point, then but yeah, we cranked out almost seven thousand words it's great. on, it, it's, on it's, ten it. prospects and and hopefully we'll be adding I think probably either five or 10 more in the next, in the next two or three weeks here. Or so as we kind of, as we kind of get closer and, and stuff like that. So, it's, so that it's, was a lot of fun. It's good stuff for, uh, for a Wolves fan, not only for the, the top guys, but also basically if trade you want to start, guys. yeah, if you want to start thinking about your own sort of trade back type of deals. And I think reasonably, like if that trade back does happen, it's probably going to be somewhere in the top 10. Yeah. So one of those guys, still would be, you know, available. hundred percent. And then what we also did is, I mean, we tried to include, we tried to make it kind of approachable for everybody. Like if, if you've been watching a lot of college basketball, if you haven't, 
Um, so it, it was more summary level stuff, but we also included links to any pod that you did that included a player. We included a Saw link that. to that thank pod. You, thank you. Um, and then um, also linked to highlights for each player and Jake's articles. There's draft articles. Yeah, yep. Articles. And, and Jake's draft articles as well, which have been which have been really really good. Um, kind of deeper dives into into each prospect. He's, he's most of our top ten. He he's written about so far. I don't think he's written about Lamelo yet, but he will be this this upcoming week. Perfect. So, yeah, shout out Canis Hoopas team. You guys have been killing it over there. Um, and yeah, it's it's, it's the it's the place to be for. Oh, Wolves fans comment section. I'm sure it's popping these past three thirty seven. There's already gotten five five comments on the big board since I started saying that yeah, that man. little spiel there. So the Canis comment section, man. It, it's been fun though. I think, yeah, no, you know, no, I, mean, I don't even know. Getting the number one pick, you know, like yeah, I was I was screaming at the TV as we got closer and clapping and and whatever. But it's something people should be excited about. Hundred percent. Something gives I'm us excited more about. stuff to write about and talk about for sure. Yeah. Makes makes our lives easier. A hundred percent. And so. yeah, it's. And we're fans too. Like we want the team to be good. So I I feel very incentivized to have the, the team be good. So I'm 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 totally I'm totally I'm totally with you there. And I think it's literally. I mean I think this is one of the better weeks in uh, for the Wolves in a long time. It's kind of sad, but also kind of true. I know people. I know people aren't super like fired up about the top picks in this draft, like but the top prospects. It opens up a lot of doors that the Timberwolves previously did not have a key to. Yeah, man. So. All, all these all these different trades, there's something along the line, something close to all the things we've talked about is possible out there. And you know what is also possible is that Anthony Edwards is really good or James Wiseman is really good or LaMelo Ball is really good. Like those things, this is all good. This is it should be viewed as a good thing that where, where, like where the Wolves are at right now. And I think it's a time... It's a time for people to be uh, excited, really. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is I think that so many terrible, terrible Wolves weeks. Oh, my God. In yeah. the past few years that like this is this is big. You've got to celebrate Enjoy. this one. Yeah, and sure. two, the other thing, too, is if is if you want to look at these draft guys for yourself, I encourage you to not look at it through the lens of this draft sucks. So these players right, are probably right. worse. I mean, try and see the, the bright side. I, I Every time I, I watch these guys, I try and think. What would this guy look like? Best case next to Cat and D'Lo to try and get excited about this stuff. It's right. it's fun, and there's always going to be negative Nellies out there saying whatever. But we got to celebrate this one. This was this was a lot of fun. Exactly. Thank you, Jack, for doing it. Um, if you like this pod, Jack and I have done previous pods. We did one all about Devin Booker like a long time ago, kind of potential Devin Booker trades. Um, before the lottery, we did other sort of off-season um, target specific players. The Wolves could trade for so if this was you know up your alley um scroll back in the feed a little bit you'll find jack's name in the you know in the show notes there and yeah please continue to to listen to that i'm i have no idea what the hell i'm going to do for the next three months outside of draft content but uh but we're gonna make it work um thank you for listening jack you're at jr borman 13 13 send me Twitter. send me your draft trades and and we can we can dm about it or, or talk about it. I'm, I'm always happy to and um, and then I will also post some of the some of the deals that Dan and I bookmarked. Um, so in Perfect. case you guys want more of a visual to go along with that, um, I, w- I will get that for you. Awesome. Thank you, Jack. I'm Dan. Until next week. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah. Green and hot, so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever ever bring you down. Yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.